You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! This is the place where we wait? I think so. So, what did our guy tell you about the job? Not much. You drink one drink, two drink, three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You wanna tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. It's time to Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. And I'm Glenn Bovey. And we're here talking the penultimate episode of season one, Glenn. This is heartbreaking, actually. I know. Feels like we just started this thing and it's over already. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Why can't, you know, the other shows we haven't enjoyed as much end sooner? I mean, yeah. And I know people are going to be like, hey, wait a minute. You guys are mostly giving those shows okay reviews. And that is true. But I don't know if there's been anything on Saul this season. And granted, there's only been nine episodes thus far, but I don't think there's been anything that we've given. You I, gave I think one a three and a half. Yeah, was, I believe I gave one a very strong three and a half, like yeah. a, like a three and three quarters verging on a four. And there hasn't been anything even remotely close to lower than that. Yeah. Uh, which we cannot say for all of the other shows we are uh, watching and talking about. Yeah, I would gladly say give me ten episodes of Gotham because I feel like there's been ten really good ones. Sure. And then give me 22 episodes more of uh, of Better Call Saul, and I would, I would be agree. just <laughs> as happy. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm sure doing it this way ensures the best possible quality product for them. Yeah, it's, just, it's like the uh, the beat, you know, the British style of television. Like the reason why they're generally their episodes are so good is because there are a few of them. Indeed. So, uh, so let us talk about season one, episode nine again. Glenn, the penultimate episode called Pimento. Boy, did that episode title have a wonderful payoff as well. <laughs> Maybe my favorite scene in all of the series, perhaps. It's a, it was a really great scene. We'll get to it, though. 
so we start with uh, Jimmy and his brother Chuck, and they are getting ready for their lawsuit against Sam Piper. Uh, and Chuck is warning Jimmy that uh, the attorneys are probably going to try to file a restraining order uh, to keep them out of their property. But Jimmy is fairly confident he will uh, he will be able to get that dismissed. Uh, we then jump to the courthouse where he does exactly that. He prevents the restraining order from being filed. And then he goes back to Chuck's place to gloat. And when he gets there, he notices boxes and boxes and boxes of paperwork uh, that Sandpiper's attorneys have sent to, uh, to Chuck and Jimmy. Uh, basically, they have to file a response. Um, uh, that they, they, they have to file a response in an effort to intimidate them. They, they basically are just trying to bury them. Uh, and Chuck is like, look, this is the the size of the case that this and, and the type of shit they're going to throw at us. Uh, he's like, look, this, the, the thing with the, the restraining order is like they're lobbing softballs at you that they know you can swat away, but they're going to keep doing this over and over again. You need a bigger, we need a bigger team. We can't just be two people. We can't handle, you know, they've got tons and tons of lawyers, a giant law firm behind them, and they're just going to drown us. Uh, I believe he said something along the lines of like, could two people build the Brooklyn Bridge? Sure, but how many years is it going to take them to build it? Uh, it's like, uh, these are all elderly people. By the time we're done, they'll all be dead. Uh, it, we've, he says, we have to take it to Hamlin, Hamlin, and McGill. And Jimmy does not want to do this at all, but kind of begrudgingly accepts. Uh, and they set up a meeting. Uh, later that night, Jimmy is asleep on Chuck's couch. Chuck sneaks out and uses Jimmy's phone to make a call. Uh, the next morning, they uh, they head on over to Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill. Uh, Chuck, complete in his uh, space blanket-lined suit. Uh, and uh, Chuck goes in yeah they also turn off everything like in the building they confiscate mm -hmm. all the phones and turn off all the electricity uh but then chuck comes in and he's greeted by everybody who works at the firm giving him a big standing ovation uh for returning uh howard hamlin is just pleased as punch glenn at uh, the ease of this case they've basically handed him this multi-million dollar case on a silver platter and uh no not a silver i would maybe describe it as a platinum platter yeah, yeah. there it's a it's just a, an underhanded lob right down the middle to miguel cabrera like it's this one is leaving the ballpark it is it is that it is that simple uh they're offering jimmy 20 percent of the final settlement fees but that is going to take quite some time uh it could be a while before all of that comes in um, he will receive a council fee, though, of $20,000. Jimmy uh, is like, all right, that's great. It's like, so uh, I want my office right next to Chuck's office. And uh, they're like, uh, yeah, well, we really want the case, but we don't want you. And Well, he doesn't uh, say this until after asking everyone to leave. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, can everybody take off for a minute? And they do. And it's just Jimmy, Chuck, and Howard. And then he's like, yeah, so we just want the case. We're not interested in you. And he says, this is fucking crazy. Anybody who would bring them this kind of case that he had put together on his own would get some sort of... He's like, other people would get made partner for this sort of find. He just wants to be employed by the firm. And uh, he's like, nope, we, uh, we talked it over with the board and uh, sorry. And Jimmy flips out. He wants to know why 
he's like, even all the terrible things he said to to Hamlin, uh, it's like from a business perspective, like none of this makes any sense. He just wants to know why they won't hire him. Uh, and Howard will not answer his questions. And Jimmy decides to not release the case to him. He's like, you can't have it. If you can't have me, you can't have him. Um, he then runs uh, later on, Kim, uh, Jimmy's friend, will confront Howard as well about this. And um, he is downright dickish to her at first, okay. uh, but then decides to tell Kim the truth, which we did not learn about until later. Meanwhile, we learn about Mike and his first job offer <laughs> that he got from the, the veterinarian uh, and is to be a, a bodyguard uh, for uh, a man named Price, a first time drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Mike is waiting in this car garage, and this big ass dude shows up. Hey, man, this is where we wait. And he's like, Yeah, I guess so. And they're just sitting there waiting. And then another smarmy looking sleaze bag shows up, and um, he just starts running his mouth. And he's like, Hey, what you what you carrying? And Mike just says, <laughs> Pimento. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Oh, that's really funny. Uh, what are you? What do you really? What do you got on you? You got a you got a gun? And he's He's like, what? What's the make? What's the model? He's like, well, pimento is a kind of cheese. <laughs> like, it's fucking great. And he's like, you didn't come here with a fucking gun. He's like, hey, big guy, you got a gun? He's like, yeah, of course. He's like, this is unbelievable. Price shows up. Uh, he's clearly a first timer here. Yeah, they talk about how he's very green. The, yes. the uh, guy won't, won't stop talking. You know, kind of goes through what the the guy's background. Hmm. Um, and, uh, Sleazebag is like, hey, uh, leave the old guy here, because they're supposed to split 500 each, uh, and he wants three guys, and he's like, hey, leave the old guy here, and give me and the big guy 750 each, because this guy's not even carrying a gun, and, uh, he's like, is that true, you're not carrying a gun? He's like, I didn't think I needed one, and, uh, <laughs> and then Loudmouth Guy starts running his mouth to Mike about not having a gun, and uh, Mike's like, well, I guess if I need one, I can just take one of yours. Because this guy said he is carrying two on him. But he, that's they all they tell him about, yeah. That's all they tell him about, too. And um, he pulls out his gun and points it at Mike. He's like, why don't you take it? And uh, so he does. And then he hits no, him. No, no, he says, why don't you take it? And he has, like, the, he's holding the handle towards Mike. Oh, he's like, right, right, right. no, make it harder for Make me. it harder. And so then he, he puts the gun in front of his face. He puts it in front of his face. Mike grabs it within like half a second and unloads it. And the guy's like, what the fuck? And then Mike nails him in the throat. With the butt of his gun. With the butt of the gun. And he's just laying there gasping for air. And Mike just takes all of the guns off of this guy. And he's like, he goes over to the big guy and he's like, you want one of these? Or the big guy just turns around and flees. And then Mike just throws them all in the trash. And he's he's just like, come on. And he's like, we need three guys. And he's like, no, you don't. And they get in the car, and he's like, you're going to give me all $1,500. Um, Not agreed upon. So, uh, okay. so Mike takes, or he takes Mike to this place, an abandoned factory. <laughs> and Mike basically coaches him on how to do all of this. He's like, I don't even know how to do any of this. He's like, uh, first, make sure they've got the money and give it to you. And then count it to make sure the money's there. Then give them the drugs and boom. Um, and, uh, lo and behold, I believe it was Nacho who was yeah, Nacho, whose name has been on the title or has been part of the credits every episode. 
That's right. We have not seen him for like six. Um, so he shows up and hands over a bunch of fucking money while Mike is standing there. Price goes and counts it, but is actually short 20 bucks. He's like, no big deal. And uh, Mike just stands there and he goes, uh, you know, pay the agreed upon amount. And he's like, are you really willing to like let this blow up over 20 bucks? And he goes, I don't know, are you? So Nacho pulls out a fucking gigantic wad of money and takes what 20 out. And then when Price goes to get it, he just drops it on the ground and starts blowing away. So Price is chasing it for about <laughs> 10 seconds. And uh, then he gives them the, the pills that are factory sealed and all that shit. And uh, they get back in the car and Mike and Price have this conversation about, uh, you know, how he's not bad. And he's like, oh, maybe you're a good guy, but you're still a criminal. Uh, you, you'll be a good one. You'll be a bad one. Uh, it was a really good conversation. Yeah, this, was a, this was this was all brilliant. Uh, so Kim, uh, back to the storyline with Jimmy, uh, meets Jimmy and suggests that he takes Howard's deal, which would give him enough money to start his own firm. And uh, he's like, yeah, no thanks. Uh, Jimmy checks his phone. Uh, and the next day, Jimmy informs Chuck that he will accept Howard's deal. Uh, after he figured out that Chuck was the one who used his phone to call Howard before the meeting and is deduced that it was Chuck, not Howard, who has been keeping him out of Hamlin, Hamlin McGill this whole time. And uh, Chuck basically admits it's true. And he's like, come on, you got a law degree from whatever it was, South, the Samoan, like American Samoa University. Yeah, Alamosa. Yeah, and Jimmy... Um, an online school. He's like, you're I dedicated not... my life to this. Yes, he's like, you're not a real lawyer. He's like, it's like handing a chimp a machine gun. He's like, the law is a sacred thing, and Jimmy's heart is broken. Yeah, he's I know what like, you I... are. You're 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 slipping, Jimmy. Yeah, he's like, that's all. That's all you are. It's like I was proud of you when you got the mail the mailroom job. He's like, but basically, he thinks ever since the paper mill. Uh, the diploma mill, uh, law degree, and all this other stuff. He thinks this has all just been Jimmy conning, or trying to con, to be slipping Jimmy. But it's not. He's really trying to impress his brother, and that's all he wants, clearly. Yeah. And Chuck breaks his heart in a million fucking pieces. And Jimmy's like, all right, hey, uh, I, I, I got... He just calmly is like, I got you this stuff. I got you some food and some extra gas and stuff like he's like after that though you're on your own and then he just gets up walks out gets in his car and takes off with chuck tying or you know chasing after him trying to get him to stop and and listen for a moment and jimmy just takes off uh that is the episode what did you think of pimento i thought it was excellent Mm -hmm. i mean the (laughs) just alone mike explaining bad guys from criminals is a scene among itself. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, this episode to me was the Jimmy Saul episode that we have been waiting for. It's like, what uh, was it? Five Oh, the one that's about Mike. Is that the one that's about Mike? Yeah. That was what this one was for Jimmy. I felt like, um, because he goes, he gets, he sells it so well. Cause you just, you know, he wants to just blurt out like, you know, you what the hell did you do to me? Why are you why are you such a piece of shit? You I'm your brother for Christ's sakes. And he and it it is just this long build up to where we're getting and how he reveals what he actually knows and how he feels towards his brother now because he feels betrayed and he should feel mm-hmm. betrayed. And then again, it's you know, I, I felt like 
I always had this inkling that there's so, there's something else about his brother, and and then I but I always denied it. Like, well, his brother can't have too much power at this firm, only because I'm saying, well, his name is last, and you know, you even see his house, but like the way Hamlin lives, it's like, yeah. well, maybe you know, Hamlin is just the majority owner, and McGill is just one of these minorities, so maybe he probably doesn't even have that much pull, anyways. And that was the way I always, you know, just went about it, and then you realize there's a lot of power that Chuck McGill carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just with the ovation and everything and that Hamlin was probably just being a good friend. You know, it would just be easier to have a, an outside source squash his brother down than from his own brother. Cause you know, right. he, he still loves him, but he just, it, that's what he is to him. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he'll, he's never going to respect him uh, because of what he's done in his past. Right. And he this doesn't, was just he he doesn't think he could ever yeah. rise above a certain level. Yeah, a certain level of decency. Right. And so now I'm like I want to go rewatch the season because it makes me look at Hamlet a completely different way. Mm-hmm. In a way, and especially you're talking about he's being a complete dick to Kim. And then finally the act is up and he just uh, he probably just couldn't take maybe because he likes everybody couldn't take one more person just hating him because right. of the way he treats Jimmy. Right. And that was just just that little, not even two seconds of humanity you got to see in a Hamlin. To me, it was just enough. And it was just like, I, I, I may have to rewatch these because now I'm having to evaluate mm-hmm. what his motives are completely uh, throughout this whole season now. Agreed. Uh, yeah, this is the, uh, and it makes much more sense if, this is the thing that pushes him to become Saul yeah. Goodman. You think I'm a piece of shit lawyer? Well, okay, fine then. I'll just become that scumbag lawyer that you see, you know, his face on urinal cakes. Like, right. He becomes everything that his brother, I, I'm, I'm sure, doesn't like, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's and a disasso- good lawyer. disassociates himself with the name and, yep. and, and everything. And that, that makes far like much more sense than the joke uh, that you hear in breaking bad as the why he make the name yes uh and and it's a it's re- it's really heartbreaking because you can you can see like he didn't have he he did what he thought was like the best he could do and he climbed so high like for him he, he started really low so when he got that law degree he's like you know i've i've had to climb so high I'm so proud of myself and you know this whole time he thought it was you know Hamlin who was just being the dick and that his brother was like oh well I'm trying here but uh you know it's like I I can't speak for everybody and at the end of the day when he finds out it's you know his brother is the one who is the one who believed in him least uh yeah I mean that could send you into a fucking tailspin uh for sure it, he was really great in this episode um I mean, I, and I'm tempted just because of the scene with Mike with the other bodyguards or whatever the fuck they were. God, that 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 itself, Glenn, was a five geeky glasses scene. <laughs> yeah, all on its own. Like I was just sitting there, just watching this. I'm like, this could go on for another twenty minutes. <laughs> no, I, I would never get old. I, I, I really like if if they get done with this and they're like, hey, we're gonna do a a whole series of Mike as a cop in Philadelphia. I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh I I will watch him do anything at this point. He is just fucking fascinating and for for a guy who does it, I don't know what it is, Glenn. Maybe it's because he does and says so little. Uh when he does speak it carries so much weight. Yeah. 
but he's got like this weird charisma that even he's just standing there and it's just like as soon as that guy started running his mouth i'm like oh things are not gonna end good for this guy like you you kind of already know like this the kind of shit he does and does not put up with and as soon as that guy started talking i'm like mike is not gonna stand this guy for very long (laughs) and oh man it was such a just a great scene uh i i loved it so much and him uh yeah and i agree with you the scene where he's talking with price about uh criminals uh versus truly bad people um you know he's like i've i've known cops who were criminals and uh you know you know thieves who were honorable people you know things like that um there's you know he's like basically what it boils down to is you're just going to decide to do it again or or you're not uh he's like you may just take the money this one time and never do it again uh he's like you know or you're going to decide to keep taking stuff and i'm sure they'll keep paying for it uh he's like whether or not you're good or bad you know it's like that that sort of thing doesn't necessarily matter uh you're a criminal though uh, it, it was, a it, it was great. I, I'm not sure what was, what was better, uh, between, uh, cause it was very different, the two stuff between yeah, Jimmy and, yeah. and, uh, and Mike, but, uh, both just ridiculously enjoyable. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was even like a, anything in this episode that was worthy of being like, eh, I didn't care for that, but man, this is, uh. Another pretty close to flawless episode, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna let you go first on the score because I'm I'm still kind of uh, parsing it all out in my head here. It's, it's the thing is, I instinctively want to say five, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I don't want to say five because I just I don't want to. Right. So I'm trying to find out like, oh well, I mean this, but it's just everything was just done so beautifully. It was it's. It was like watching a ballet or just a balancing act. Like mm-hmm. it, nothing, not a whole lot happens, but just the fact that it's able to take all of these these themes and these characters and just hold them out perfectly, just long enough is to me is is yeah. just what makes it so beautiful. This, I mean, this show I, is just so damn good. I'd say the I'd say the Chuck reveal was a like a really big moment. Yeah, it is a big moment, but virtually it... nothing else happened in the episode per se. Yeah. Um, it was mostly kind of just building to that moment. And then of course, throwing in like, you know, a classic Mike scene. Like we saw a few of those in, in breaking bad, um, when he was first linked up with, with Walter, uh, and just doing that again to me, like that didn't really do much. It was, it, it, that was more like nostalgia for me, I guess, just to see Mike do what we best kind of know Mike for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll be damned if it didn't work. It, it worked beautifully. Uh, wonderful nostalgia. Uh, all right, sir. So time to decide what is the score for Pimento? I'll just give it a five. <laughs> Oh, you're making my job so much harder right now. Like I was sitting there, I'm like, like I'm hoping he'll say four and a half or four, and then I can, then I can gleefully say something. Oh, I can, I, I couldn't do four. I mean, it's at least a four and a half. Yeah, I. So I was sitting there being like, man, I could gleefully maybe get away with saying like four and three quarters, or four and seven eighths. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to give Pimento (laughs) a five as well. It was Uh, just. It was. was, Yeah, beautiful episode that is going to be difficult to top. 
Yeah, it's it, the reason why I can say give it a five is as I told you before you know, before we start is I immediately rewinded and wanted to watch certain scenes, mm-hmm. and that was to me that's what makes it a five because I don't do that because I want to enjoy something again. It's because I wanted to feel what I was feeling when I first saw him call Hamlin a pig fucker. That's like, right. I, I just I loved it. And the thing is, I rewinded it before getting to the reveal at the end. And then it's like, oh, my God, everything I felt was so artificial. <laughs> but it was just because the guy who plays Hamlin, like I say, you have to you have to reevaluate him again. And yep. he's easy to hate. He does it so well of just being a smug fucking lawyer. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way Bob Odenkirk sells him. Yeah. You can see, like, he just hates this guy and he mm-hmm. makes you want to hate him. And that's that's. That's just a big part of it. It was a it was a gorgeous smokescreen to yeah. to kind of do their do their best to hide from you that it was Chuck the whole time who was really against his brother kind of going forward and, and you know they uh, they kind of gave it away with the scene where he goes out and calls uh, does the call in the middle of the night um, but you're you weren't quite sure but it really does kind of all the pieces really lock into place rather rather quickly uh, yeah. after that. Even going back episodes and stuff, it, you know, things make a lot more sense. Uh, so, yeah, um, a five all around for Pimento. Uh, Glenn and I are going to be back next week to wrap this, to wrap this fine show up, yeah. which will hopefully return for uh, more episodes. I'm sure it's going to come back for a second. Did they already announce a second season or... Or are we yeah, yeah. aware of this? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Better Call Saul will be confirmed. It's it's it'll it's having a second season. Okay. Uh, what? Because uh, sadly, this was the lowest rated episode of the show so far. Uh, with like a, I think it did like a two point three or something like that. The ratings actually went back up. Uh, for a couple weeks in a row, Bingo, uh, saw an increase from five zero. Uh, probably f- because of all of the positivity, and then Rico, the ratings went up again. Uh, it came very close to, to hitting a three, which it had not had since the uh, the third uh, the third episode. So the ratings were going back up, and then they sunk back down again <laughs> afterwards, which is a shame because this episode is fucking phenomenal. Uh, but the ratings might be back up again for next week uh, because, as we noted before, it is the season finale of Better Call Saul. Damn it, Glenn. I don't know what we're going to do to fill this void, but... I'm sure we'll think of something, or we'll have more room for side Bs, or uh, more room for uh, some flawed and decisive podcasts. We'll see. Uh, All right, so that's it for Glenn Beauvais and Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week when we're talking Season 1, Episode 10 of Better Call Saul, the finale, called Marco. You stay real cool and tell them you're the ice cream man. But all that crying just gave you away. Skip a prison stay. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stay to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. You best call now, you hear?